Broadway for Monday, March 25th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Star's James Marino. James, we had a, a couple things show up in the feed this weekend. First was a very special interview that you and I did with the one, the only, the myth, the man, the legend, Andrew Lippa. We talked about everything um, surrounding his latest project, Unbreakable, which is an album of a... I don't, I don't know if show's the right word, but a, uh, a, a musical journey through 120 years of uh, the gay experience in America that he did with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. We talked about that, his creative process, my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, uh, and much, much more. So that was a, a ton of fun. A- Andrew is one of a kind. And man, he he's gave us some hints that he's working on some other things, musical theater related. So hopefully he'll be able to announce those soon because he's such a unique talent and we need more of him on Broadway. Yeah. Um, you know, we should tell everybody, uh, the truth, what's happening. A- Andrew's writing a Broadway radio, the musical. So, uh, <laughs> working on that right uh, now, you know. man, wonder who could dream cast, uh, us who'd play us. Hmm. Well, I think for me, it would have to. What's that? Go ahead. Do I get Jeremy Jordan? Well, I was going to say it would have to be Cerberus for me because we've got the same haircut. Ah, not really. I don't I don't shave mine close to the head. I'm Mm. too lazy to do that. Um, But uh, that was on Saturday. On Sunday, you had a new episode of This Week on Broadway talking about a ton of things, but including Ain't Too Proud and Michael Portantier is not happy with Kiss Me Kate, James. No, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't disagree with Michael with uh, many of the points that Michael made. Uh, I'm not 100 percent in agreement with Michael, but um, I felt as though that uh, that uh, and my, we should say Michael and, and I are in the minority. It generally got pretty good reviews. Um uh, I just felt that it, it might have been better served to be just a concert than rather than making all those changes. But this is a tremendous amount of talent on that stage, and uh, the the the, the uh, just the, the people involved when they, that, the too darn hot scene is just unbelievably great, uh, and the lovely and talented Will Chase. I can't say enough about him. <laughs> Did not think that's where you were going to go. Yeah, <laughs> I heard lovely and talented, and I thought, okay, well, I know where this is going. Yeah, and instead, okay. you go with what well, I've heard. He's fantastic in this. Uh, kind of, uh, obviously, he's a Tony nominee before and a star of stage and screen. But I, I, I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, this is the first time like I've ever really realized just how much talent he has." Yeah, Will Chase uh, put on his best Kevin Klein, and uh, <laughs> that's high praise. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If if I could awesome. be if I could be anything, I could be I would I would be Kevin Klein. Absolutely. Right. I'd be I'd be Superman, but that's fine. Um, All right, James. So I'm excited to see that. I'm seeing Kiss Me Kate later this week, checking off another former Tony winner for best musical off my list of shows that I have seen. I'm trying to get through all of them. Some of them are harder than others, but I'm very glad to be checking Kiss Me Kate off my list. Mm. And uh, Peter um, gave a review of Ain't Too Proud that said – that it's got wonderful music and it'll probably run a long time, but it, it, it's not not the best Broadway show he's ever seen. But uh, which fell in line with um, sure. some some reviewers like Sarah Holdren. Uh, but the we're still astounded by the uh, the New York Times review <laughs> of it. So uh, you know, good for them. 
You know, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not. I do not begrudge them a positive review no, from the New York not. Times. Yeah, of course. Uh, not. Everybody involved is surprising. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Just it's harder and harder to uh, understand where the venerable Ben Brantley is coming from on his reviews, both positive and negative. Yeah. Uh, so there it is. Uh, this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday for Broadway Radio. That's our our lineup. But let's get into uh, what's coming up in front of us. Uh, what's up in this week's theatrical schedule? Well, from uh, a production standpoint, it's not the busiest of weeks that we've had recently, James, but an important one um, as we have two Broadway shows starting previews, another one opening and another one closing. Uh, we also have a number of major things happening off Broadway around the country and the world. But before we get to that, before we get to what's happening on stage this week, the most important thing, James, is I'm coming to New York, baby. I will arrive on Wednesday and I will be in town through the morning of the following Thursday, April 4th. I will be seeing 17 shows in one concert in that time. I'm very excited about the slate of productions that I've painstakingly put together, spent way too much time and money uh, on. But I'm very excited. I'll tweet out the full list like I always do on Wednesday morning while I'm sitting in the airport. And uh, then I'll obviously be giving my thoughts on the shows to whatever certain degrees is appropriate and applicable here on today on Broadway. Um, one thing I will not hesitate to discuss though, James is whatever cake or pie you buy me to pay off our college football bet. Uh, I, I wasn't aware of this, uh, this collection process, but, uh, you got these two thugs from kiss me, Kate that are, uh, forced me to buy you some <laughs> cake and pie, but I, I'm willing look, to do it. Our, our bet, is preserved on podcast. I can go back and find the audio. I, I don't, don't deny it. I'm it just saying maybe it's expired, but uh, I, mm, hmm. let's see. You're welching. Are you welching? Is that what nope, you're doing? No, nope, nope. right. no need to pick on the uh, Northern English. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a welching, not welching. Oh, um, I got to bring that up. Okay. Sorry. Catherine Zeta-Jones, I'm sorry. Okay, so James, let's get into what's actually happening on stage this week. It all starts on Wednesday night when Park Avenue Armory's production of the Layman Trilogy officially opens, starring Simon Russell Beale, Adam Godley, and Ben Miles. This North American premiere is scheduled to play through April 20th, and if you don't already have tickets, there are some still available. It'll cost you 400 bucks or so, but there are tickets available to what will likely be one of the most buzzed-about shows of the season. We've talked about this before, James critically acclaimed award-winning run over in the UK coming here kind of shocked that it didn't come to Broadway it very well might directed by Sam Mendes but this should be a really really exciting production to see i will be seeing it as the very last thing before i head back to orlando i would buy some uh i would buy some of those 400 dollar tickets but all my money was tied up in lehman stock <laughs> oops it's not worth anything <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Um, the next night, Broadway gets a little bit spookier as the musical adaptation of Beetlejuice begins performances at the Winter Garden Theater on Thursday night. With a book by Scott Brown and Anthony King and a score by Eddie Perfect, Beetlejuice is directed by the visionary Alex Timbers and stars Alex Brightman in the title role. Sophia Ann Caruso, who, just between you and me, is my dark horse for a, uh, a best music or a best actress in a musical Tony nomination or potentially even award. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if she's up there with a lot of these uh, heavy hitters, but uh, she'll be playing Lydia, the Winona writer role from the film also starring our Carrie Butler, Rob McClure, uh, Adam Danizer, Leslie Kritzer, and more. The show will officially open on Broadway on April 25th. 
The following night on Friday, the new musical adaptation of the iconic film comedy Tootsie begins previews at the Marquee Theater. This major best musical contender, probably the only thing that can give Hades Town a run for its money, stars Santino Fontana as a male actor who can't get cast uh, on Broadway. So he dresses up as a woman in order to get a gig in a new musical featuring a score by Tony winner David Yazbek and a book by Robert Horn. Uh, Scott Ellis directs and Dennis Jones choreographs. Joining Santino are Lily Cooper, Sarah Stiles, not to be confused with Stephanie Stiles from Kiss Me Kate. They spell their last names differently. Ironically, both in musicals directed by Scott Ellis this season, they both could very well be in contention for a Best Featured Actress in a Musical nomination for the Tonys this year. John Bailman, Andy Grottelachine, I going to have to figure out how to pronounce that one. Uh, Julia Halston, Reg Rogers, and Tony winner Michael McGraw are also featured in Tootsie. Opening night is set for April 23rd. Now, James, moving to the weekend, things start to get busy. First on Saturday, over in London, the gender-swapped version of Company starring Rosalie Craig and, and Patti Lapone will close. Now, James, this, I think, is still likely to end up on Broadway sometime in the 2019-2020 season. However, yesterday it was announced that Lapone will be joining the cast of the Fox or the FX TV show Pose, which stars Billy Porter, uh, for its upcoming second season. So whether or not she returns to company if it transfers is not necessarily set in stone. Um, I love Patty Lapone. She's one of literally one of my favorites uh, in the top two or three Broadway performers uh, of all time. Uh, so I would love to see her in it. But She's done that role before. Um, I have a DVD of her doing that role. So if someone else has to play that part, um, I think it'll be OK. I, I, but uh, that is something to keep in mind with her schedule filling up. And then, James, on Sunday, things get wild. First and foremost, Heidi Schreck's What the Constitution Means to Me officially opens at Broadway's Helen Hayes Theater, directed by Oliver Butler. After a beloved off-Broadway run, the show moves to Broadway through June 9th. This one, to me, James, I'm really interested. It got so much buzz off-Broadway. It really hasn't had, at least in my estimation, the same kind of word of mouth uh, in terms of excitement on Broadway. I think maybe because a lot of the people who generated that saw it. But depending on who saw it off-Broadway, I still think that this has an outside shot of contending – uh, for a best play nomination. I think that'll be really interesting to see how the reviews look and then compare them to some of the other things that are opening up later this season. Also opening on Sunday, more than 2,700 miles away is the new musical Diana at the La Jolla Playhouse in La Jolla, California reunited uh, a large majority of the creative team behind the Tony winning musical Memphis. Joe DiPietro wrote the book. David Bryan wrote the music and they collaborated on the lyrics. Christopher Ashley directs and new to the team. Kelly Devine choreographs the show, which wants to come to Broadway sooner rather than later is scheduled to play California through April 14th. But James, the, the buzz for this has not been good. So uh, if it comes to Broadway uh, in the fall or if at all, I will honestly be slightly surprised. But when you have a Tony winning writing team behind it, maybe it will anyway. And director, too. Also, uh, like the reviews and the buzz, that was not good. Also not good is the biggest closing of Sunday night, and that is the Broadway production of Anastasia. The show with a score by Aaron's and Flaherty and a book by Terrence McNally has played the Broadhurst Theater for just a few weeks short of, of two years, actually three weeks short of two full years. When it closes at the end of the week, it will have played 842 total performances. And Christy Altamere 
has been the principal Anya throughout the run. Obviously, she's had vacations or whatever, but she's been playing the title role for, well, spoiler alert, maybe or not, maybe or maybe not the title role um, for the entire run. So congratulations to everybody involved with Anastasia. Of course, the McNally two-hander Frankie and Johnny and the Clear to Loon will begin performances in that house starring Audra McDonald and Michael Shannon on May 4th. Also closing on Sunday are the dual monologues Seawall and A Life, starring Tom Sturridge and Jake Gyllenhaal, the public theater. Now, as you've been listening to the show, I have been saying that I thought that I could see white noise going from the public this spring to Broadway sometime next season. Now, I'm not saying that that's not happening, but I would not be shocked if this one beats Suzanne Laurie Parks' new play to the main stem uh, sometime sooner rather than later. So just keep an eye out for Seawall and a life announcing something. I just feel like those two stars, it, it just didn't extend as much as I thought it would. And I think there might be a reason I have no inside information, but it just seems like the trajectory of this might be heading downtown or uptown from the public. Uh, also closing our, uh, superhero at second stage daddy from the new group and the vineyard off Broadway and cake from MTC. As always, James, I will have links to all of these shows in the show notes and at broadwayradio.com. Wow. So that's, uh, quite a week coming up. Um, what do we have in the recommendation section? Okay, James, this one was a little weird for me, um, because, a uh, not insignificant portion of the original principles from SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical reunited last night to do a performance on Nickelodeon's kids choice awards. Uh, Ethan Slater, Gavin Lee, Danny Skinner, Brian Ray Norris, and a few other um, understudies swings taking over some roles from folks who couldn't be there did a full performance, uh, not a full performance, but did a performance of best day ever in the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song at the kids choice awards. Obviously they're probably trying to, drum up some interest in the upcoming non-equity national tour, but I just thought it was interesting that the show was running a year ago when the Kids' Choice Awards happened last year, and they didn't do anything, but now they're waiting until after the show is closed to bring in uh, some of the Broadway stars. But anyway, we'll have video of that in the show notes and the recommendations. Then we will also have uh, rehearsal footage and interviews for the upcoming East Coast premiere of Benny and June out of the Paper Mill Playhouse. Got lots of interviews with folks and also some performances of uh, Hannah Ellis, Bryce Pinkham, um, uh, some other folks uh, as, as well. Claiborne Elder, uh, I believe. Uh, so uh, tons of, of really interesting stuff there. I, I don't know what it is about this show, and I have no idea if this has any intentions of coming to Broadway, although I would think doing a show at the Old Globe and then the Paper Mill, you'd like to think it has a shot to come to New York at some point. But um, some of these songs are super charming, and I've never seen the film. Um, but I know that it has some deeper, you know, interesting themes going on there. But uh, I was really taken, especially by the first song sung by uh, uh, Hannah and Bryce. So uh, check out those things in the show notes. All right. What do we have in other news? Not much. Just two very small things. First, you'll remember last week we talked about how following their London engagement, Renee Fleming and Dove Cameron were reuniting in California later this year for an L.A. opera run. Of the Light in the Piazza. Well, Fleming will also be taking the show to Chicago from December 14th through 19th of this year. And they said more West End and Broadway casting or stars will be announced for casting later. Well, James, this appears to be a bit of an international tour as all of these runs are using the same art 
and the same website, lightinthepiazzathemusical.com. So I'm wondering if this is something else that is going to have a little mini run. They're doing opera runs, so they're only a week and a half, two weeks. So they're not super long uh, at at the most. Uh, So I wonder if this will try to eventually come to New York. I don't know that this is setting up for necessarily a Broadway run, but if they're going to play – London, L.A., and Chicago in the course of six months or so, you have to wonder if they'll be filling in other dates and potentially New York as well. And uh, one thing that we do know that will be centered around New York is the big screen adaptation of Kiara Alegria Hootie's and Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical In the Heights. On Friday, Lin tweeted a picture of him and Kiara looking surprised and or excited with a caption that said, quote, when you find yourself working on new lyrics for Champagne for the first time in 12 years. Champagne, of course, is one of the songs from In the Heights. Uh, so, James, new lyrics to an existing song won't get the uh, the O in EGOT for Lynn. Uh, it won't get him a Best Song Oscar. He'll have to write a new one for that. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think he, he steps it up, writes a new song for In the Heights in the film to try to get that Oscar finally on his mantle after uh, having a few nominations before? I sort of feel like Lynn doesn't care about the awards. If the if there's a good enough compelling reason to put the, write a new song, sure he's going to do it. But I don't think he's going to do it for the award. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sondheim have both written new songs for shows uh, or for for screen adaptations uh, before that. I don't know were necessarily needed. Um, now the one that he wrote for into the woods was not, uh, was not eventually used. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm interested. Of course, I always think when you shrink Broadway musicals down for a smaller runtime on the screen, I, I think it is kind of annoying when they add songs, when they have to cut others, but we'll yeah. have to wait and see either way. I have no doubt that Lynn will eventually get the O I, I think he'll be fine in his, Papigoot or whatever we decided that he's pursuing now. But <laughs> anyway, if you like information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. You know, um, uh, the, the parent corporation of Google is called Alphabet. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Lynn will get an alphabet. <laughs> you know, we, oh man, we probably at some point need to go through every award that he's won and see what he still needs. I'm assuming. X is probably hard. No, he got Z. he won the he won the X Games. <laughs> he did. It was it was some sort of massive seven twenty skateboard thing. Yeah, on, that he oh, did. it was a skateboard. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I was thinking of half pipe in like uh, yeah. snowboarding, but that's uh, definitely wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did it. Uh, he did it. He he launched off the top of the A train. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool coming down from one eighty one. Yeah, you must take the A train. Yes, exactly. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off the week with us. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Go Buckeyes. (laughs) It's not getting you out of buying me cake or pie. I'll buy pie. Pie.